Welcome to Know That, a deep dive into the week's Real Housewives episodes, where we offer our humorous, insightful, and unfiltered opinions. I'm Anthony Casella. I'm Donnie Hatfield-Smith. And I'm Quentin Lamar. And this is Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Hi. Up. How was your week? So wait one second. Before you answer that question, this is very meta. You normally have that biscuit pillow in the background, and I always think biscuit's laying there. This week, biscuit really is laying where the biscuit pillow is placed. She really is. She certainly <laughs> is. And I think she hears, she heard her voice. And she she uh, perks She's up. She's looking right at the camera. <laughs> For some reason, I always forget the biscuit is a girl. I don't know why until you somebody says she. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Biscuit's very feminine energy for me. <laughs> she is playing on the pillow, on her pillow. She is. It's Love real. That. Love live that. in the live in the fur. <laughs> she's right. back now. She wasn't here last week. Oh yeah. That's she, true. She wasn't in the apartment at all last week. Her whirlwind tour. I forgot. She's back mm. here. Yeah. Um, I had a few days off of work last week, so that was nice. I got some R&R. Not a lot to report there. Other than that, I've just been busy bottoming for Satan. Aren't we all, though? Aren't we all? (laughs) I'm so mad those Satan shoes are sold out already. Are they they real? They're real. They're not real Nikes. Nike is suing them for for using their, like, whatever, namesake. (laughs) So Nike was never involved? No. Nike or, would never do anything like that. No, yeah, I think, well, I I was wrong. I think they are real Nikes, but I think they just, like, bought Nikes and refurbished them to be the Satan shoes. I don't think Nike said, like, let's make Satan shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Why hasn't anybody made God shoes, though? Why hasn't they, that happened? They did. So that's what this is a spoof of. There were Nike shoes where instead of the Satan symbol on the front, there was a, um, what's the cross called when Jesus is actually on it? A crucifix. crucifix? There was a crucifix like over the laces. And then where um, Lil Nas X has the blood, there was holy water in there from the River Jordan. No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) You can just end there. That's That's a big now wait. That's a lot to process. It's a little like irreverent to have like the crucifixion on your feet, right? That yeah, it sounds something. I mean, I'm not the most religious person here. I mean, don't ask me. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but if you step in a puddle, there you go. <laughs> like, yeah. Whose blood are in the sneakers? That's what I don't know. They said there's a drop of blood in every sneaker. That is it real blood or is it like wine? I mean, they're advertising it as real blood. I remember when I was little, and then we'll move on. <laughs> when I was little, I got in trouble because I told my mom, I hope it's communion Sunday because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need a snack. <laughs> were you were you getting full meals at communion? <laughs> no, just those bread cubes and like a little shot glass of grape juice. But that was enough for me, I guess. A fun, a fun snack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> So, cut into my week. I actually, I have a pimple and I'm very upset about it. Like, I feel too old to have a pimple. I personally, I, like, I'm really outraged by it because it's like, you know, I I had acne as a teenager. Nothing crazy, but like normal. 
And then like out of nowhere, like randomly just a pimple on my face, like right on my, can y'all see it? I know you can see it. Now that you brought attention oh. to it, I can, yeah. Now, now I can. So I, now I've, been, I've basically been seething. So I've spent <laughs> the whole week kind of mad about that. And um, and that whole voter suppression thing. Like, those are the two things. <laughs> In that order. One and two, on I'm a list. Well, that's everyone's week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on to some current event. We'll start with Kenya Moore, who apologized for her Halloween costume. And I don't let's start with her Halloween costume. I don't know how we missed it last week. So Kenya Moore dressed in a Native American headdress for Halloween. Um she thought in 2021 this would be well, 2020. She thought it would be a good idea. And Drew was really the only one in her confession to say anything about it. So since we didn't talk about it last week, what are our thoughts just on Kenya doing that? I thought it was weird. I mean, if she wanted to dress up as something like tribal, why didn't she just wear her confessional look? That would have been (laughs) better. And it was already there. I don't get it. I feel like she had to go a long way just to offend people. It didn't surprise me for her, though. I don't know how kind of tethered to what's appropriate Kenya is. So it doesn't it doesn't seem out of bounds that it, that it would have escaped her. I also did think it was interesting that whether or not they clocked it and didn't say anything in real time, I don't know that any of the other women in real time at the party understood that that was problematic either. Yeah. Uh, that would have seemed like a very easy way for a producer to kind of push a conversation um, in real time, but we only kind of got it later in the confessional. But a lot of the shows do that too. I remember a few seasons ago, uh, back when Carol was still on New York, Luann dressed as Diana Ross and wore a really, to a Halloween party, just for clarification. And wore a, a really big afro and what appeared to be on camera as like tinted moisturizer or mm. had like darkened her skin for the outfit. And no one had anything to say in the moment at the party. But then again, in their confessionals, I think only Carol realized it was wrong. So I don't know if a producer is pulling them aside and letting them know, like, we need one of you to speak up at, yeah. at least. So we can edit it into the show. Yeah. But no one's saying anything during the actual scenes. No, I think because maybe it's a group of Black women, they didn't really care. And that doesn't make it right. But I think we also have to point out, isn't Kenya like a boomer? So that could be um, a part of it. I don't think she's quite a boomer, but, you know, she's still older. And I, I think she was more focused on the look. And I think we don't as I'm not surprised that the women didn't say anything because they're also a little bit older. And like Drew is like younger. Mm, so yeah. I feel like this is a very I think I feel like it was a very millennial stance to take. And that's yeah. why I think Drew said something and nobody else did. Now, I don't know if I don't think yeah, Latoya is like the same age, but she's a fucking mess. So I don't know. But that's why I think they didn't say anything personally. Yeah. 
So Kenya did apologize after Bravo made a statement. And she said, I want to sincerely apologize for inappropriately wearing the Native American headdress as a costume. I now realize this is both disrespectful and insensitive and would never have done it if I had that knowledge and understanding beforehand. I regret it. When you know better, you do better. I'm genuinely sorry. So the response in itself is fine, except it is strange that she didn't know already. She'd get it if Kim showed up dressed in an African garb. She'd get it then. So that's what I don't understand. I don't think it's really an excuse. Yeah. She knows. Yeah. She just did it. And nobody right. said anything. And I don't know, like, how into Housewives World or whatever she is, but Monique already did this, and there was pushback then. So, like, how did you not know? That's it was true. Literally the same costume. Yeah. Well, outfit. Yeah, and I would even say, against her better judgment, is it possible, like, a producer talked her into doing it? But then I don't even know no. if that makes sense, because no, she, they didn't she milk long it. long hair, and she show. thought she'd be cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah I feel like so if a producer so... talked her into it, they would have pushed to make it a, a moment. A bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Especially with Portia's tagline being like, I'm all about social justice. I feel like this could have been a moment, but... Yeah, it, it was not. <laughs> but speaking of the moment, the New York trailer came out this week. What are our thoughts? I guess the Black woman is going to be my favorite character in every non-Black Bravo <laughs> show. Because, I'm sorry, the non-white woman, because it's like Tiffany in Dallas. This woman, I don't even know her name, and I'm already a fan. She just came in there bringing, getting women together, and I'm here for it already she did both of them ebony does and then bershawn and sonia seem to get in a little scrap as well that looks to get physical is that who sonia was fighting with i couldn't tell yeah okay interesting yeah i mean the addition of those cast members does look like the most exciting thing too otherwise i feel like it's a lot of beats that i've heard on the drum before yeah it's a lot of like sonia's drinking too much sonia's upset that luann is stealing her men i will say i am intrigued by one man named garth who (laughs) i would like to get to to see more of that seems odd and i am intrigued by what i also think came out more today is leah versus heather yeah who I guess Heather had come back and was filming a little bit in a friend of capacity. And I guess got into a fight with Leah and stopped filming. So I'm curious about, curious about that. And then I'm overall curious about what a second season for Leah is going to be like. I wonder what, what we're going to get. From what I read about Heather not returning, she said that Leah was acting up for the cameras and just being like cruel to create like, Uh, moments on camera so if her season is a lot of that I think last year people were talking about her because she was such a mess when she drinks so if she still is not drinking this year I think that she knows she needs to deliver that level of like excitement and chaos still so I wonder if she is showing off a bit yeah probably I mean yeah but of course I'm excited I I love I love when the cycles change a little bit. Like, I kind of feel like we're getting into a rhythm where, like, New York and Beverly Hills, and I guess now Potomac a little later, though, are, like, one kind of cycle of the year. And then we get kind of Dallas, New Jersey, 
and we were introduced to Salt Lake this year and Atlanta. And I kind of like when the leaves change on Bravo. <laughs> Feels like we're entering a new a new season. <laughs> we yeah, are. And, yeah. And both times, like it's not, I don't like one group particularly more than the other, but I feel like the the tide changes at the perfect time both times like just when i'm starting to get sick of the one group of cities the next batch comes in and then when i'm sick of that group the old batch comes in agreed and you can always also like right now on um atlanta which of course we will talk about but they just shot the reunion so now even though i'm kind of like enjoying it and like when is the season over a, I know it's over soon-ish because of the reunion and be like, that's something else I'm looking forward to. And then I get even more excited because not only do we have premieres for new cities, but we have like reunions for the ones that were kind of like, all right, TikTok. So that's always fun too. <laughs> yeah, I am interested though, because like I know you're such a big fan of New York, Anthony. So I'm really dying to see how you feel about these new changes in the cast. Well, I am a big fan of New York. I didn't love last season. So I think the addition of Ebony and someone who can call out Ramona's problematic behavior, it seems like she's even going to get into a confrontation with Lou over, I guess, education, which is hard to kind of like figure out or parse through just in those in those moments, but it'll be interesting seeing the women react to having their behavior called out. I just can't wait to see them in Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Because that was yeah. like, I was like, she got these chicks in Harlem? Oh, I gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, thought I'm Leah was doing she something by getting them to the Lower East Side or wherever she took them, but Ebony said, hold my drink. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Harlem. <laughs> yeah. And Salem, which I'm really excited about. Yes. Yeah. So I think it looks, it looks good. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think I'm more optimistic because of Ebony. Um, And I'm also excited for the Beverly Hills trailer, which it sounds like we're going to get, we're going to get in the next few weeks. I don't trust Andy though, for a second who said worth the wait. It's like, honey, we'll let you know if it's been worth the wait. (laughs) You don't tell us. We'll we'll tell you what we think. Yeah, he has a hard on for Beverly Hills that is just unwarranted. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else that is probably not excited about New York is Bethany Frankel, who on the same mm-hmm. day of the trailer release, she announced her divorce and her engagement. Um Her divorce was finalized January 20th, and this divorce has been eight years in the making. So I'm not sure why the day of the New York trailer was the day she needed to. I am sure why, but (laughs) but everyone can see why. Yeah, she's petty. Yeah. Unnecessarily so. It's like someone who I don't know. I don't even I can't even think of like a, uh, a metaphor for it. Like someone who leaves a group of friends and then what runs past their window like i don't know what the what the (laughs) metaphor is but it's like move on beth yeah she already left on her terms and then yeah like she already screwed them over once by leaving with no announcement and then i feel like she just keeps trying but congratulations on your engagement bethany (laughs) i didn't even know she i don't know anything about bethany franco's life at all (laughs) so i don't really care but 
I do know that I've never like the the seasons that I've seen in New York with her. I like the ones where she's not there, and that could be maybe she was better in her earlier seasons. I don't know, but I I prefer the seasons where she wasn't there, and I also like when the internet comes for her. <laughs> yeah, she just needs to move on. She's moved on a few times already. <laughs> let us have our nonsense and yeah. go go do whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> I think it probably it probably pisses her off that she'll never really carve out pop culture relevance in the same way anywhere else that she did or does on Housewives. She tried the talk show. She what else was there? There's a few things. Yeah. I don't know. But she's a she's a housewife who got lucky with a business, but she's loaded. But fame, money doesn't give you fame. And Bethany wants fame. Right. And the best fame comes from Bravo. (laughs) That explains a lot, especially like her Meghan Markle comments. I think you're right. Yeah. I think she's grasping for relevance. And her, yeah. And her like little dance parties in her barn or whatever just aren't getting that for her. Trying on her daughter's clothing. Do you remember that photo in <laughs> yeah. the Hello in the Hello Kitty shirt that comes up past Bethany, like right under her stomach? Ooh, <laughs> dark. I have not. I have not seen that, but that sounds pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> wearing her daughter's pajamas, like oh. hands on hips, proud. Weird. <laughs> Weird. So on that note, let's let's bring out our guys. All right, we are back with Tessa Walter, the owner of the Walter Years and Gettysburg Picnics. Hello, Tessa. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Of Hi. course. Thank you for coming. You for coming. Before we get into Housewives, tell us about the Walter Years and or Gettysburg Picnics. You guys are so sweet for having me. So uh, yeah, the Walter Years was founded a couple of years ago. Um, I was formerly a social worker. I was in debt. It was a mess. And uh, my husband kind of showed me the way. We started out with Dave Ramsey, but he's been canceled. And uh, basically, he was the kind of the foundation. And then we got into a community called Choose Fi, which is like for financial independence. And long story short, I created my own path to get out of debt. And then I started helping other people do the same exact thing. So it's been really empowering, especially because my background is working with young women or young people. And so now I've been able to help like young women in their early twenties founding, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and things like that, who are founding their own businesses and not wanting to get into debt doing it. So it's just been really empowering and it's just taken off from that. It's just like one, I don't know, multiple personalities, multiple businesses, one thing after another, but that's (laughs) the, that's the foundation of the Walter years. And then tell us quick, just in case we have any Getty listeners. Tell us quick about your picnic business. So yeah, that was the part of the multiple personalities. It was basically like once I had gusto from the Walter years and doing finance, it turned into career coaching, which turned to social media management. And then I saw girls on TikTok doing uh, picnics in the West Coast. And they were like, this is your sign. If you want to do something like this, do it. And I was like, I'm doing it. So <laughs> I created an Instagram and here we are. I have my first picnic this coming weekend and we'll see how it goes. Luxury picnics are like a big thing on the West Coast. There's a, like a hundred in, in California, probably because they have nice weather all 
all the time and a beach. <laughs> uh, but with Gettysburg, it's so interesting because it has tourists and it has college students and people just want like COVID friendly uh, events to go to and things to host that are just unique. And it's all for the gram nowadays. Yeah. So I'm happily, I'm happy to give it to them. <laughs> it's so chic. And I know you want to stay like within the half hour radius of Gettysburg, but I think it would be worth the travel. I think you should reach out to Potomac and New York and New Jersey, not just the cities like the housewives, because <laughs> it does seem like something they would be into. It I does. think that they would too. I would be so nervous to plan an event for like Giselle or like that would just like freak at me. I'm like nervous to do it for my neighbor and our 15 year wedding anniversary, <laughs> but maybe one day. Yeah. Sounds fun. I think they'd be into it. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> So before we start, you're here to mostly talk about Jersey. So what is your history with Jersey? I swear to God, it's Anthony Casella who got me into Jersey. Is it not? (laughs) I am the gateway drug for most people. I swear. And I don't know what year it happened. I don't know know how it all happened. It's like 2009, I think. I see 2009, 2010. I see those years. I, I remember lots of like either regular text messages or Instagram messages as you were going through or maybe I catching see. up on seasons. But I do remember being like a guiding light for that, for that franchise. <laughs> yeah, guiding light, the gateway drug. Def- well, I mean, of course with reality TV, it all goes back to the real world, huge real world fan. And then it just has all spun. Like I love all reality TV. I watch my day fiance, all of that good stuff. And for real housewives, Jersey was really the only one that ever stuck with me. And it's probably because I was such a fan of the Jersey shore, but I don't know what came first. Anyways, I've watched Jersey. Uh, There's a couple seasons that I didn't watch, like with the twins and stuff like that. Every once in a while, they'll go back. Yeah. It just got bad. And then, yes. But then I think it's good. I think it's good again. Oh, I I love it. I think it's great now. Yeah. So I'm so glad that I, that I'm back. Who's your favorite housewife on Jersey? So I like Melissa, right? But. And I've hated Jennifer. I've hated Jennifer because Jennifer came in and I felt like she was just like Jen Shaw and she was giving us too much. Like I can't stand new housewives now because they've seen the show and they are giving us what they think people want to see. And I can't stand all that. Like Teresa, OG Teresa, that was really Teresa. I don't think she was trying to give us anything because housewives was so new that was really her that was Mm -hmm. really my super sweet 16 you know (laughs) um like all the time every day for her um but i am really just loving jennifer lately with with jersey how are you guys feeling about jennifer you guys feel the same way yeah i I love love jennifer i didn't at first either (laughs) and maybe her first season i didn't even love her up until like the reunion last season she was a little much Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. season she's hitting all the right notes for me Agreed. And I almost wonder if that was like strategic for her, but I don't know if she's, I don't know, but like she came in, I think she came in like, kind of like how we talked about Donnie where like, like they'll come in, like, these are my diamonds. This is my 16 bathrooms, whatever. And she also was up Teresa's asshole. And I couldn't stand that. I can't stand it. Like I am like Jackie in the sense of like, I want to take them down or I am like Monique and I want to take Giselle. Like I want to take down that, the tree, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, just like no one's yeah. going to take on Kenya or whatever. But uh, Jennifer, I think, played her cards right in that she licked her asshole for as long as she needed to. And now she can be her own person. Yeah. I love that she's getting shitty and I love it. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so is this that is a family Anthony- show. I've listened to the podcast. <laughs> Anthony, take Jersey away. Sure. Um, I mean, Tessa, I'm with you. I'm loving New Jersey this season. I think it's great. 
I'm going to say like out of the three cities that are currently airing, Jersey is my favorite right now. I, I'm, I'm loving it. We started, we start out with the Catania's at their house. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing because you said the Catania's and I feel like that just includes David. David. <laughs> well, but he's in, just. <laughs> in this scene, it, it includes uh, Dolores, Frank, senior frankie and gabby a veterinarian from uh the caribbean the caribbean veterinarian yeah yeah my first question is (laughs) did gabby have to go to the caribbean to get the degree like would no u.s states have her and should i make a note never to go to her as a vet (laughs) okay let me just say this that's not always the case. Like okay. you could go and study medical, you could go to medical school in Cuba and it's one of the best medical schools you can go to. They have like one of the best in the world. I don't think that's the case with the Caribbean. Well, the- I think she could have gone anywhere. Well, now she's going to Tufts. So I <laughs> laughed when I heard that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that kind of answers your question. I, I think that getting a Caribbean veterinarian degree was probably an only option for Gabby. Well, Dolores made it sound like it was an added perk. Like I went to Shippensburg because there was an elementary school on campus. So when I went for elementary education, I was like, oh, this is great. But Dolores made it sound like that with stray dogs. She was like, she's going to veterinarian school in the Caribbean because all these dogs run around on the beach. (laughs) There's stray dogs everywhere so she can learn whenever she wants to. She did. So yeah, that, that stuck out to me. Uh, Tessa, what do you what do you think about Dolores? Or as I lovingly call her Dolo. I call her the black one like Wendy. (laughs) I could see that for sure. So when you said Catania, I was literally wrecking my head and I was like, oh my God, why do they invite me on this podcast? I don't even know who the Catanias are. So that's where (laughs) Dolores is for me, but I Mm. love her. I love her. Don't 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 get me wrong, but she's forgettable to me. Um, I I like her. I I think David is into Frank, and I hope that more people can start recognizing that. Uh, of course, we all want Frank with Dolores, but I think he's been very open that he wants boats and hose, as he said. Like, he loves Dolores, but he likes boats and hose more. Boats so, like, gotta love an honest man, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, But I, I do. I like Dolores. I love Frankie Jr. Who does not love Frankie Jr.? I could watch a whole show on him. But other than Absolutely. that, I mean, they're just, uh, I don't know, yeah. irrelevant. Uh, hmm, okay. I would yeah. love to share stories with Frankie Jr. the way that his father does. Yeah. Um, I did right. see a little spark. <laughs> I did see a little spark when Frank Sr. threatened to um, throw Dolores over the kitchen counter like he used to do in the old days. So that was fun. <laughs> that was fun to hear. I would watch a. Um, I would watch a spinoff of this family. Maybe not Gabby. And I guess the Kramer storyline. I feel like for the past two years, like I love that she does good. Th- like she's a good woman. Don't I think that she is exactly who she is on on camera or whatever. And I love that. But I just I guess her whole storyline for the last now going on two or three years is when David is going to give her the ring and when she's going to realize that she deserves it. Is that going to uh, be what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, that and her charity work. Like, it's literally the same thing every single year. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'd no, like to know. Yeah. Yeah. Who does she vote for in the 2016 and 2020 elections? Well, we know who Frank donated money to. Oh, I think all Jersey is Trump. I think so, too. Right. Even Except Jack- Margaret. So therefore. Not Margaret, but everybody else. And Jackie mm. is- That's because Margaret probably fucked him. <laughs> oh, my God. Was he your boss at one point? <laughs> 
Let me. Uh, hi, Marge. Um, and you know let's... what? I love Margaret. I can't even believe that I didn't say her as my favorite. She is my favorite Jersey housewife. I forget that she's a housewife. I, for, I forget that. I love her. Well, Sorry. She's yeah, like Margaret... a friend of. Yeah, yes. Margaret and Dolores are who I like. And I think out of all the cities, I want to spend a weekend like with them at these rental houses. I think they would be so fun. I can imagine myself in tie-dye with them next to the campfire, but I don't know that either one of them belong on this show. I don't know what they bring. You don't think Margaret brings anything to the show? You said you forgot about her. (laughs) I did. I I I did. I can't, I can't argue that Dolores and Margaret are bringing (laughs) the same exact thing in terms of the same story over multiple years. I just take to Dolores more. So, like, the same thing that is true for Dolores, I will find fault with in Margaret because yeah, I don't I love her. That. I'm honest about that. You know, um, this whole confusing, like, family situation with Dolores, we are all aware that if Dolores, Frank, and David were gay men, we'd all know exactly what this relationship was, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think oh we all know what it is already. They're just not open about it. Just Wait, say what? It. For real? You think I so? think so. I I do not really think so. I think this is just like the editors and the producers. Like, it's a weird scenario. It is odd that Dolo spends a lot of her time with Frank Sr. And that Frank Sr. lived with David while he was recuperating from... You need Gabby, Anthony. I, I do, I do, I do <laughs> need a Gabby. I do need a Gabby. Um... But or I the fact that, that her son lives with her boyfriend, but she doesn't. Can somebody explain to me how yeah, that works? That makes no you know, sense. It's it is it's strange for sure, but I also think it's presented to us in a way that is more strange. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's move on to another family, though. We then go to uh, Teresa and her daughters, or as I like to call them, the Turnpike Kardashians. <laughs> and um, true, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the daughters are just like straight over it. Gia's yes. like popping pimples off of Melania. <laughs> one one like rides in and is like, oh god, we're we wearing the same sweatpants. Like they're all wet and tired. But the most. <laughs> The most important thing that we learn is that Juicy Joe, in a phone call with the girls in Tree, we learned that he's making uh, what he calls massagers. He says, I saw massagers now, massagers for your head, massagers for your back, massagers for wherever you need. All right. The Rolls Royce of massagers is what Joe calls it. I really enjoy you poking fun at these Italians, Anthony, because you're Italian yourself. <laughs> I never get tired of it. <laughs> hey, I mean, who can do it if not I? You know? Hey, nobody can do it like you. The I like character accents. work for the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's great. Quite the um, little actor, ain't he? <laughs> I don't know when I started trying these voices, but I've gotten awfully comfortable on the mic. It's, it's because of Jersey. Boring. I did the same Impressive. when she said, we're happy party like <laughs> so it's back i couldn't stop saying it all day long like they're just very how can you they're characters these people yeah. are characters characters i like how no no was every single girl in that room's best friend <laughs> he was he was my best friend my no me too 
He was. And then I like the flashback where one of them, who was it, Adriana? No, not Adriana. Who's the one that looks like that doesn't look like the other ones? I don't remember her name. Oh, I never I always the one that looks like Julia Styles. She yeah. came up behind him and like gave him a hug, and he gave the look like, "Who the fuck is that behind me?" And <laughs> that's the no-no that I like. Yeah, and he yeah. also. In the flashback, too, she was crying, and he's like, I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got a little tough to see Nono on camera in the later mm-hmm. seasons. He could barely walk. He wasn't breathing. Like, people would just walk around him and start crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a prolonged shot in. of shadow coming over the hill and Tumblr bound. It was, very <laughs> it, was like a, it was very weekend at Bernie's for, like, the past three years. <laughs> Phil would literally tell right, me as I was watching far. it and he would be like, because he doesn't watch any reality TV and he would like see this like dead man on <laughs> camera, like alive but not. And he'd be like, what are what TLC drama is this? You know, my <laughs> husband's almost mm, dead. Mm. Like I'm trying to keep him alive. Like what are you watching? I mean, I love No No too, and I, I yeah. when I found out that he, you know, passed, of course we all thought it was COVID and that's, I don't know if we're going to get into that at all and I'm not trying to sidetrack, but like how do you guys feel about watching this, knowing that it was during a pandemic? Is anyone else getting the heebie-jeebies when they do that? Last week, there was a shot of a restaurant that Jersey was at specifically in Tom. The Jersey cast was at specifically in Tom's River, and there it was summer, so this wasn't like a month ago. This, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out like a time where it might be like it might be appropriately less kind of harrowing as it was but no this was just in the summer and there was a full swing bandy of people like <laughs> so tightly packed in at the tables that like i gasped yes okay took my breath away. i'm not the only one no yeah yeah it was men like talking so close they might as well have been kissing it was very <laughs> difficult to watch well especially as people who have stayed quarantined or at least like somewhat in a small bubble like watching it, it's almost like people really lived their life like that didn't just happen. Like I'm right. watching you guys and you know, you're being filmed. Like you just, you really, you really did that. And, and you got COVID. And it doesn't even matter. It would be one thing if like you were testing six women and saying, we're going to test you. Then you're getting into a van and we're driving you to a house for four days. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if those women were tested before they went to that restaurant right. and interacted with a million people. Mm-hmm. Like there's different kind of lanes that, I could see, and I am seeing, a show being made during COVID, but there are some spots where it's a little, like, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah, cringy. Um, Let's move on to Dolores uh, celebrating her receiving the... Pink Ambassador of Hope Award, that where normally there's kind of fanfare, but because as Dolores says, it's COVID, she's having less of a big kind of wild celebration and more a few girls over. And this was fun. What was less fun was watching Melissa turn like Dolores's charitable contributions into what she felt was an appropriate time to publicly and very kind of pointedly ask her about her sex life, her relationship mm-hmm. and the living arrangement. And I kind of feel like Melissa might've missed the point about this particular get together. I didn't love that thoughts on, on this. And I feel like the editors really wanted us to know that we were not to think 
highly of Melissa saying this. We got like Marge reaction shots, mm-hmm. Jennifer reaction shots. It was weird, right? Like that was so weird. What a weird time. And I did see like on a Reddit thing that this season they are going to start exposing uh, Melissa and Joe E Joe, little, little <laughs> Joe, uh, more. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's like our, I don't know, maybe our first glimpse that's supposed to hate Melissa, but it was, it was weird. Dolores of course handled it great, you know, just shut it down and moving right along, but it was weird. See, well, I didn't even put two and two together. I knew it was an event for this, but she was asking all the questions that I've been asking all this time. So mm-hmm. I didn't even, of course it was inappropriate, but I, <laughs> I didn't care. I was like, yes, please, please answer this. Someone ask it. <laughs> I mean, I don't like Melissa. I think I made that clear during the run of this podcast. <laughs> I'll say it again. I don't like Melissa Gorga. And I felt that what she was asking wasn't appropriate, especially in that moment in that woman's, well, it's not her house, it's her boyfriend's <laughs> house. <to> her. <laughs> well, be that as it may. I don't like Melissa. So even though she was asking questions that I want to know the answer to, I still didn't like her for asking the questions. And considering the fact that I don't know, or I do know who Dolores voted for, she can take that pink (laughs) award. I'll leave it there, but I'm not going to sing her praises. (laughs) Did she have breast cancer? Did Dolores have, like, what is she affiliated with? She just picked a, picked a charity and ran with it. Like what's her affiliation with breast cancer? I think so. You're you're asking the tough questions here. And you know, you know, things. Get to Reddit. I remember wondering. We should Google that. Like, where I wrote, did you I wrote down punchlines, not facts. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I'll Google it later. But it could just be a random charity because I do, or like maybe someone she knows had breast cancer. But I do feel like all of her charities are so different. Yeah, I mean, it was like what homeless people like last time. Yeah, it's just, it's just there's not really a. We did get quite a spread, didn't we? It was Dolores walking into like multiple rooms and like from different groups, people hugging her. (laughs) Seemed almost unbelievable. Not a teaching Mrs. Tingle quote. Always a teaching Mrs. Tingle quote. (laughs) Once one like little one Chiron said like the homeless society of Paramus. The next one said like breast cancer of Englewood. It was definitely like hitting a lot of marks. No, like the Chiron, like homeless Latina woman. I'm so happy she was here because nobody cares about us, you know? It's like, and then they cut to just call me Aunt Dolores. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> a little boy jumped in her arms and she's like, he calls me grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah, I did think it was inappropriate. I don't think the questions were out of bounds. They weren't, I didn't think they were to be asked when, like, I don't know. Dolores had like her own personal friends there. I feel like her kids were in another room. Maybe it was was like mixed company. And at one point, Melissa even says, you may not live in this house or get a ring on it, but you shine with charity. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a quote. (laughs) Put it on a pillow. I I just wonder why are her expensive clothes in that house and her like sleep clothes in her house? So that means that whenever she has to go somewhere, even if she's at home, she has to go to his house first and then go where she's going. She didn't just say expensive clothes. She said red carpet clothes. So that red means carpet clothes. this is just her storage, basically. She does not and live then here. And he doesn't go ever. with her. He doesn't go with her to any red carpet events. It just, 
you know, none of it made sense. It's just, yeah. it almost pisses me off. <laughs> he won't, he won't, he wouldn't. But go it's none of my business. Yeah, he wouldn't go to any red carpet events with her unless it was like a Harley Davidson convention or something. <laughs> what is with him and that? It's not quite a jacket. It's too small. It's like a jacket that he wears. We've seen it he three. Looks... Ti- we've seen it three different times in three different episodes. It's so is he, weird. Is he filming all of his scenes in one day? Oh, it is jacket. <laughs> I imagine him. I imagine him like leaving surgery and like putting on that jacket, thinking he's George Clooney from ER. I don't get it. <laughs> The house is beautiful, though. Tessa, I, I do think you're right. I, I felt, and I'll bring up another moment uh, a little ahead in my outline, but I, I want to connect it to Melissa's poor behavior because I really want to italicize that. Um, there was a moment when Melissa and Joe walk into their shore house, and I got the impression that the editors wanted us to know how much Melissa wanted it said on camera that like they have a cleaning lady. She walked in, she was like, oh, it smells nice. And the cleaning lady was just here. I'll have the kids come down later. I'll have make the nanny take them. And it was a lot of like, okay, we get it. Like, I don't begrudge you a cleaning lady or a nanny, but I felt like Melissa wanted us to know she has those things. What does she need a nanny for? Isn't her youngest like nine years old? (laughs) I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Antonia is practically a middle-aged at this point. (laughs) She can't she take taking... care of the joeys but this whole it's episode weird. was very like not just look at what we have but like margaret came in she's like anybody wants some mingle <laughs> no nobody wants your imitation cocktails is that what mingle is yeah that's her yeah blair. i didn't know what that was yeah that's her mocktail, mocktail. brand mingle with oh. marge oh my god that's right that's right um, so I don't know if I'm just, this could possibly have been Melissa all along. And just now, because I've read that blog <laughs> or like that Reddit thing or whatever, and like follow talk of shame on TikTok, <laughs> And she told me like, now I'm noticing these things and I'm like, Oh, Melissa. Oh man. Oh, so I don't know. Maybe she's always been like this. And I agree, Donnie. Like I had those same questions as far as like Dolores goes too. And I'm almost wondering if she asked them because that was the first time they were ever in David's house. So it's like, she, they, that was the first time they were ever in David's house, right? Yeah. It was like the come see David's home. Yeah. Cause she got a tour of it. So I wonder if she was just like, just, and I can, I can relate so much just to say off the cuff things where it's like, Oh, this is coming to my, I don't know. Maybe Melissa has ADHD. I have no idea. Let's just diagnose her because she was maybe just like there and just thinking like, okay. Cause it is weird. It's yeah. weird. You have all of your clothes here. You don't sleep here. Your kids here. He took care of your husband. Like, what do you get out of this? He's not even here at your event. Like you're wonderful. Like that would be all of us with significant it's others. Almost, really upset. Yeah. Frank's there, there and David's not. Yeah. Right. It's almost like David's just like, bankrolling the whole family yeah it is yeah it is like that the flowers were gorgeous but they definitely cost as much as my entire wedding that she had (laughs) and i was like and she's like oh he's paid for it he you know he'll clean up afterward and i'm like oh my is that what you want dolores because you could pay for all those flowers too you know i don't know your check for real housewives but i'm gonna guess (laughs) how much do we think dolores is making from real housewives more than she's worth (laughs) <laughs> oh, you don't like Dolores? I like Dolores just fine, besides the obvious things that I've pointed out before. Sure. <laughs> but as far as what she contributes to the show, we can very easily get on without Dolores. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I think she's taken the spot of somebody who could be not only a person of color, but somebody who actually has smaller children 
who actually could bring stories. And maybe he's actually a wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least a girlfriend. You know, I'm not. <laughs> she <laughs> earns, I, I just looked at meaww.com. So we know it's <laughs> high oh, journalism. Com? <laughs> <laughs> and she makes between 30 and 60,000 per episode. Too much. Yeah. Too much. She's not really wow. delivering 60,000 dollar plots here that um, explains that new ass though <laughs> sure does <laughs> i loved seeing the group the two groups go down the shore it like it made me nostalgic for like summers in the past it made me excited for like the hint of maybe a normal summer to come like i just loved it i want frank to pick me up i want to like get in the back i loved the small talk i loved them having coffees like it just made me excited me too i said that to quinn i said i love road trips with people i like (laughs) like like just getting in the car and that energy yeah yeah i liked it and i don't know if that's because we're all east coast peeps and like grew up going like i grew up going to you know not necessarily jersey shore but new jersey beaches and uh yeah it definitely made me nostalgic too it it reminded me of my bachelorette party i wrote down michigan it did nothing for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lake or anything no that's not the same thing i mean like we didn't there's a different kind of trash in michigan so <laughs> it didn't make me like nostalgic uh, i wrote down we uh, have tim allen trash <laughs> <laughs> kid rock trash <laughs> that was a really good impression anthony you're missing your podcast calling <laughs> That's where you need to be. You knew you were on the home improvement podcast. What podcast do you think that impression makes sense on? <laughs> the home improvement one that you're gonna start. This it's the spinoff. Yeah. Um <laughs> wait, do it again. Do it again. I, I won't be able to do it again as well. <laughs> I don't you know. scared Tessa's dog. Aw. <laughs> uh, who are you, Anthony? <laughs> I wrote down Dolores, Frank, Teresa, and Jen equals fun. I wanted to be in that car. Me too. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Okay, then a little later on, and I think this is why Jen fits in so well. When Teresa, Dolores, and Jen are kind of cooking in the kitchen, Jen has a quality about her that I even though we know she is not Italian, I feel like sometimes Teresa and Dolores probably forget that she isn't and just think she is. She has a Italian-esque thing about her that's very like, sometimes she'll say things and I'm like, oh, they just think she like, they like grew up with her. And I think well, that's I think why they the like old her. school Italian thing. And I think that's what Teresa and Dolores like so much about her as far as like the whole like traditional thing yeah. um, that she has going for it. So I think she has like an old, yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. And they all seem to, I don't know, get along. I think that Jennifer could have gotten along with everybody, but she played her cards right in the beginning and knew that she had to be team Teresa and yeah. like anti everybody that Teresa was anti. And now that she has her foot in the door, she can start to try try to get along because I think that she genuinely could get along with everybody. I agree. Yeah. You're right. I think she was really smart about it. I mean, it's you can see it. So it's like um, transparent, but it was not not a bad MO for getting on the show and like locking in with the top dog. Um, speaking of top dog, it was crappy, but I liked when um, Jennifer was like, are you nervous about seeing Jackie? 
who's going to be coming over to Dolores's. And Teresa goes, I don't give a shit. Dolores is my friend. This is my turf. <laughs> Loved it. It was, it was just so shit. Because that was real like, talk. It was yeah. real. I got it. Like, I understood it. I teared up listening to Teresa read the texts between her and her daughters about selling the house. Yeah. I don't know. Her voice cracked. I was into it. Yeah, I liked it. There's mm-hmm. so much history there. I will say I got I was moved when she said that she felt like an orphan. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. both of our parents were gone. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what that's like, but like I do. I think I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, debatable about like how much of a hand in some of these things she had. But when Dolores was like, basically like, I mean, this woman has been divorced, went to prison, lost both her parents. <laughs> uh, like the list was like six or seven things long. And I was like, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we've watched mm-hmm. it all. It's yeah. all yeah. been like everywhere. So yeah. as much as I'm not like the biggest fan of Teresa, but I also know she's not going anywhere. So I feel like I have to like, kind of like, you know, just suck it up and go with it and just yeah. act like she's a character. I, I think that she, even Juicy Joe always said, Teresa got what she wanted. She always wanted to be on TV. This is exactly what she wanted. I don't think she wanted all this at the price that she's paid. Mm. I don't think that she wanted to be in jail when her mom passed away. I don't think that she could have, possibly recognize that any of that was happening um but but i do think that she's living i don't know i don't actually know if she's living the life that she i think she loves like the glam and all but i could have had it her way it would have been with juicy joe in that home that they kept forever and ever amen i don't i don't know that's just what i'm thinking yeah it's like she had it all except like the guy like she had the guy but if you could swap him out with someone decent yeah, it would have changed everything. Yeah, but then she wouldn't have had like the girl. It's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird thing. But yeah, we've got to see it all. It's weird. I don't, like when Teresa says nasty things, which we'll get into, I just don't even expect anything else from her. Like it doesn't surprise me. Like I don't root for her and I don't root against her. She just is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jackie knows that too. Because Jackie, you could see, you know, like when you do something when you know there's drama coming up and you like have a pit in your stomach, just knowing that you have to see that person seeing Jackie every single scene until she saw Teresa was like that because she knew Teresa can't be civil. Yeah. 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 So she was on this vacation just to be like terrorized. And I don't know if Jackie, like when Jackie first started, I really liked Jackie a lot. I always love, and I think that she started out genuine. I think she's still being genuinely her, but she doesn't fit. It's a puzzle piece that just doesn't fit. You went after the head honcho. You went after Teresa and you think you're going to be able to take her down because you're like this justice warrior or whatever. And like, Jackie, it's not going your way and it's going to continue not going your way until much like Monique and Potomac, you're going to be driven out. Yeah. And I think that she should. I think she should do it now. <laughs> I think it should be her last season because it's just going to continue going after Evan and we'll continue going. We, we know how this works. We right. know how it works, you know? So I think I think Jackie needs to to bow out sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys hate Jackie? Yeah. I don't love her. <laughs> don't edit that I, pause, boo. <laughs> I don't I don't love her. She just doesn't fit. It's not that I hate Jackie. I just never want to see her again. <laughs> right, right. Agreed. Yeah. And I think now 
she has a choice to make now. It's almost like, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Like, what is it worth to you to continue to be on this program and be right in your disagreement with Teresa? Or do you just want to be happy and like, go leave the show? And I feel like that's where it's headed. Like you're not going to win over Teresa in New Jersey. They didn't, they stopped filming for a year while she was in prison. Yeah. Like Teresa's New Jersey. I don't even know that she feels like she needs to be right anymore. Like at that dinner, which I'm sure we'll get to, but she just wanted to be civil. Like, I think she is fine with them both being wrong and moving on, but you can't have that with Teresa. So to be happy, she needs to leave. But I don't even think it's about being right anymore. Well, I don't know what it looks like, honestly, to like Jackie. I can't remember a moment of her being on the show where it's like, I'm watching her with her kids or I'm watching her with her husband and like, oh, I like her. Like, she's having fun. She's doing something. Everything with Jackie has been so damn heavy from her weight problems to her parents to Everything is there's never any lightness. So there's nothing really to like about her. And when you watch when yeah, when you watch Jennifer with her kids, there's moments where you like, you know, oh, that's funny, or I like this kid, or she I feel recognized she has a gay son. He helps her pick out stuff, you know. Like <laughs> I like I like yeah. that, and that makes me like Jennifer. You look at Teresa with her kids when they're like not with the group of women, you see things about them you like. I have never seen that from Jackie, yeah. ever. What I liked about Jackie in the very beginning is I felt like she came in and she was calling out the bullshit. She was calling out when Teresa was being ridiculous and she was sticking up for Melissa and she was whatever. And I loved that she was doing that, but that was before I started getting into like the psyche of housewives and what you have to do to stay and survive. And now looking back, it's like she day one episode one she was on she's fighting with Teresa Uh and you can almost Mm -hmm. like look at it now you know in hindsight and be like you you made this bed you like I get that you were trying to be on Melissa's side and maybe Melissa and her were having conversations on the side like if we go in together we'll be able to get Teresa out or something Mm -hmm. like that which I'm sure Melissa would be fine with maybe I have no idea what am I I'm a freaking housewife (laughs) talking to you three (laughs) but I'm just saying maybe that was happening yeah and maybe that was the goal and and it, it's she sweats happen. the small stuff. Jackie always sweats the small stuff sure. and she never lets anything go. Yeah. And that's just a bad recipe for being on any Housewives franchise because you kind of have to roll with it, take your punches. And, you know, sometimes you get got, sometimes you get other people and you got to keep going because it's yeah. like improv. The goal is to keep the scene moving. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I don't think Jackie realizes like she's on TV. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like you're a character. I do remember liking Jackie more when she first started, but now it, that seems so far away. Yes. Um, and like Quinn said, everything about her is so heavy and there's like a, there's a darkness. I could almost like, she's almost like anxiety ridden all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what I want to watch, I guess. I'd rather watch her deal with her husband's cheating that we all know is true. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'd rather watch her like go through that, go through a divorce or go through counsel, whatever they need to do. I'd rather that be honestly handled than to have this reaction. You like, if somebody accuses you of cheating and you're in a marriage and you're not doing it, you don't act like this. Yeah. Yeah. So even if it is on TV, you don't act like that. So Frank just always, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. 
Frank always wins me over, but he just uh, won me over with this episode with two scenes. And he had said, I don't know if it's true or not. I just want them to be happy. And I was like that right there. Like I absolutely loved what he had said. And the other part he had said, uh, Teresa with the information that, um, Margaret's Joe had also heard the rumor. He's like, that is like a bomb. He's like, listen, even if I did hear it, I would say like, I, I don't know what happens to boys. I say, I just, I really appreciate Frank's that's how I want to feel when I go down to the shore is everything Frank was like yeah, emulating. Yeah. That's how I want to feel. <laughs> yeah. I liked when Dolores yelled at him to make sure her sauce didn't burn. And he just looked over his shoulder at her with the cigar hanging out of his mouth. Like, <laughs> I love it. He's such a mood. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. There's not really a transition here, but then Teresa hands out dildos <laughs> to all the women, uh, gives one to Jackie and says, it's big. I don't know if it's big enough to stick up your ass. Brother. And to her credit, Jackie kind of like, we see it roll off her back. Jackie's literally like, all right. Oh, okay. Come on. Like, all right. But I was ready for her to not hand Jackie a bag. Like I thought that was going to be the play, right? Like hand everybody a bag, but Jackie. Yes. yes. I, I thought she, because she told the girls that she had a gift for Jackie earlier. And she was like, is it a nice gift or a shady gift? And she's like, you'll see. So I thought that Jackie was going to have something special, like a bag of shit or something. I don't know. <laughs> Cause then she was like, this one's for you. I was like, Oh God, don't open it. And I forget how she even like, she gave it to her, but then it took a little while for Teresa to be able to like deliver her line so it was like, hey, we cooking steaks. Who needs a drink? And it's like, this the ocean looks big. And Teresa's like, speaking of big, that dildo's <laughs> like she had to like drop back <laughs> to the point. <laughs> um, now I'm curious to get your opinion here. Uh, if you were in, if you had a falling out or a fight with someone who is, I would say, an acquaintance at best or a coworker, and then you were invited. You were invited on a group text by them who you had the fight with. Would you consider that an olive branch? Because I would. I would yeah, I too. Would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What was Jackie expecting there? It wasn't an apology. And I think Not that's what she wants. Yeah. But I do think this was an olive. And I think you need to know who you are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Your coworkers, you're not friends. So Teresa sending you this group text is all you're going to get from her. You need to be okay with that. Or this is your downfall. In Teresa's mind, you spread a rumor that her daughter does coke in bathrooms. In her mind, that's what you've been doing. So for her to text you and say, come to the beach house or come to the pool party or whatever it was that, that was that's as much of an olive branch as you're possibly going to get because in her mind, she thinks that you spread a rumor that her daughter does coke in the bathroom, which we all know that's not what happened, but that is what Teresa has told herself. And that's what she believes. So yeah, that was, but Jackie like doesn't get into Teresa's psyche. And I don't understand like in Teresa's language. That's what she's, that's, that's what just happened. Right. Well, I think that, I think that that's still true because like everybody knows when you say things, when you put it out there, even if it's not true, it's out there. Yeah. And I get why that upset Teresa. So yeah, and for you know, you could say I, I'm not that that's what Jackie did, but I can understand why Teresa's coming at it from that way. So you're absolutely right. For her to turn around, we know how she is about her daughters. That is the best Jackie's gonna get. But 
Jackie wants her to take it away. I'm assuming because that's going to take away the cheating, which we all know it won't. <laughs> so this is where we are. Now let's get to um, the dinner that they've all kind of gotten to the to the shore and went over to Dolores's house for. Specifically, when uh, Teresa brings up that Margaret's husband Joe Benigno. Is that it? Sounds right. Um, sounds right. You say it different every time. Yeah. Uh, had said at boys night that he had heard the rumors as well. Now, this was interesting to me because it kind of set everyone on fire a little bit. No one more than Margaret, who, and I might be like grasping a little bit just because I don't love her. I thought she was a little like nasty in the way that she handled this. Two her husband in a way in front of people, but first to Jennifer who to first of all, Teresa was not at boys night brought up something. And then Margaret was not at boys night. So when Jennifer, when Jennifer was like, yeah, my husband said that he said that too. Margaret snapped at her in a way that I felt was incongruous with, with like what was happening. I think she was so much a part of the drama and the plot last year that this year she was not. And now her name and her family is being brought into it. So she just snapped. I think she immediately felt her weave being pulled out again. And she thought, oh, Christ almighty, I swear to God, Joe Blinglo, if you pull me down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was her immediate reaction was to just jump and be like, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Did you say it? He didn't say it. He didn't say it. <laughs> Well, I think it was a mistake because that's one of the most interesting things that could happen to Margaret in a long time. Leave Margaret alone. <laughs> Look, I like Marge, okay? I like Marge Sr. just as much. But let's be real here. Marge doesn't bring a lot of drama. This season, she decided the drama she's going to bring is some of people she slept with 30 years ago. So <laughs> being involved in this, I get why she doesn't want to be. But for the sake of the story, having Joe... DiGiorno, what's his name? <laughs> Bingo? B- Bongino, whatever it is. <laughs> having him having him in it in this and making it bigger would be something that would actually be interesting and I'd be fine to see because he did say it. He yeah. did say he heard it. Yeah. He flat out yeah. lied. And if he was gonna lie about it, he never should have said anything in the first place. If you so say anything, there is on no camera. what happens at Boys Night. Yeah. Yeah, Boys Night is on camera. So what are you talking about? That's what I don't get about these shows when they deny stuff. It will be at the reunion. Deal with it's it It's going to be at the reunion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it could also be tough. Like, we're not, they're living it. So they're just kind of like drinking and saying whatever. Like, we're hung up on the words. I don't know if I would remember, like, what I said a half hour ago. No, for sure. So I guess, like, that comes into play, too. But I know who wouldn't know what he said. Margaret, who wasn't there, just like the other women. So I don't know why she snapped. He he messes up his words. He's an idiot. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) You didn't say that, did you? God damn it. He didn't hear it because I didn't hear it. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, he's not the years of Wes Caldwell. I am. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, All right, my dog just growled. <laughs> not having it. So then, I forget how we get here. To be honest, but at some point, <laughs> at some point, uh, Teresa tells Jackie she doesn't like her because she's weak. 
or not confident. And then Jackie mm-hmm. asks Teresa <laughs> if uh, Teresa got that confidence in prison. <laughs> I screamed. Yes, I, I, I was I, wishing. Yeah, I grabbed Brian. I was wishing. I was wishing that Teresa would have been like, "Did your mom and daddy learn it in jail?" Because <laughs> remember. That's her mother weird. was on house arrest and her father went to jail. So yeah. that's what confused me. Like, why is Jackie using prison as a, a put down when her I own parents? She is trying to hit Teresa where it hurt. Like she is just trying to take Teresa down and she's going to lose. Even like a recent Instagram post. I sent that to you where it's like, I don't, I guess Teresa had posted something like, you know, you can move if you want to, if you're so uncomfortable here, you're not a tree. And Jackie's response was to post a picture of herself by a tree and saying like some stupid haiku that was like, you're not going to scare me. No trees scare this lady or whatever. It's so (laughs) effing juvenile. And that's just happening now. So it's like, Jackie, you're never like, I, I see what you're doing and it's, it's not going to go in your favor, my friend. Not gonna it's work not. Yeah. And no one, no one on that cast could win like against Teresa. I've never okay. seen one cast member, maybe Bethany, but we know what a New York is like without Bethany. I've never seen one cast member have like a stronghold over her franchise the way Teresa does. I think even if all the women turned on Teresa the way Potomac turned on Monique, I think Bravo might keep Teresa and get rid of everybody else. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. It is and you true. want to know what, what's funny? Teresa's story for next season is already locked and loaded. Like, don't you already want to oh, see yeah. what her living in her new new house with her boyfriend is like? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I already want to see her next year. Yeah, I want to uh, see her. I want to see Teresa somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like not only are we waiting for like that, we're waiting for the marriage, and then we're waiting for you know, what might happen after that. But like, (laughs) Teresa has years and years of story ahead of her. She's a story machine. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what Jackie is thinking. I've never seen someone, Jackie could have been right all year long, all year long. The moment that she heard Teresa spreading those rumors, Jackie should have just shut off the rest of the year and could have coasted through. And she just like, can't get out of her own way. Yeah. I am still happy. We don't have to see her parents though. And that's do you true. think that Evan will encourage her to leave the show? Or do you think that he appreciates the check so much that he'll say, we need to go through with this? I don't care. <laughs> uh, I mean, if Evan is so worried about his reputation, at a certain point, you might want her to leave. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care what they decided to do. I think that it's going to happen on its own. Like, I just think... I would be surprised if Jackie is back next season. Yeah. I would be surprised. And that's Jersey. I mean, we leave on it to be continued. I don't even think we got a next on. So that's I didn't see in, one. No, that's going to do us in the Garden State. Quinn, take us well, to Atlanta. Well, there is no Melissa Gorga, thank God. <laughs> There's Latoya. Uh, I don't know which is worse. Latoya. <laughs> Melissa Gorga. No. Anyway, continue. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. At least Latoya is black. So in Atlanta, we have a New Orleans trip. Drew planned this trip and she basically decided to start their trip the same way the movie Girls Trip ended. So they're dancing with the band. Everybody's doing all that. 
So <laughs> before we even get to get to that, the women are allowed to bring their children. Drew makes the offer, which is something that everybody should have been doing in all these other cities. So these stupid fights wouldn't happen about people bringing their babies. So Portia decides not to bring PJ, but, and for reasons that I think are legal, Kenya brings Brooklyn. Like, I, I think, I don't think she's allowed to leave Brooklyn with anybody. Oh. Uh, I don't think her husband, I, I don't think Mark would let her. her. But then she went on, like, there was that dance thing that she went to go do, and Brooklyn stayed back at the hotel with who? Yeah, there was a nanny on the trip. Yeah, there's okay. There's allowed to be a nanny, but I don't think she's allowed to like leave Brooklyn out with of state, okay. out of whatever. I think she's required to be with that. Her. Makes that, sense. I mean, because that's yeah, because I think that's odd. And it seems like some kind of asshole thing that Mark would do. Oh, this is it. She also should not be allowed to leave Brooklyn with crayons if what <gasps> did to that hotel room is any indication. Oh, Lord. oh my god, I know. She tore it up. Jump around. But... <laughs> she even had it in her food. That's an asshole. <laughs> I do like that it's been such an issue that these women weren't allowed to bring their babies anywhere. And now when they're given the option, none of them bring them. And Porsche's like, I just want to choice. I love that too. It's a girl's trip. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's true. It's like, That's fair, I totally yeah. understand that. I want the choice. I don't want to bring my baby, but thank you for letting me the option. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. So, like I always said, I don't know why they would even want to bring their babies. Like, if my mother was a real housewife, she would never have brought me any. Never. She would have never wanted to. It's kind of like it's kind of like when people don't ask us if biscuit can come, and then we just take her. Except it's nothing Mm. like that. But um, I like the similar. Yeah, we'll always take her. I like being asked. (laughs) You know what? I realized that the problems that I had with your dog was that you do that. I used to think I didn't like Biscuit, but it's really you. So Drew, this is why I don't like you. <laughs> because I know like, Biscuit will show up unannounced and she's the most well-behaved dog. And I'm like, why do I, why do I have a problem with this dog is here? Oh yeah, nobody asked. <laughs> Wherever we go, Biscuit's going. Aww. Know that. <laughs> God, God, I hate you. Um, I love that dog, though. So <laughs> anyway, I lost my train of thought here. So when they get there and they're making the room assignments, which is, as we all know, a big area of contention for the ladies of Atlanta specifically, Drew decides that they should have a twerk contest or a booty bounce contest to see who will get their room. And there was a party pooper that didn't want to bounce their fake butt. I feel that Kenya overreacted. <laughs> but I can also say that I can understand not wanting to shake my ass in front of my toddler. How do we feel about this and how Drew handled it by basically ignoring her? I don't feel like Drew ignored her. I feel like like if I were Drew and I was the host Dismissed and someone her, was like acting like that, I'd be like, you are killing the vibe from minute one minute one you are killing like really i'm trying so hard to like do all these fun things we got a band you got hoagies like aren't you happy so i don't know i guess the way that i would have handled it if i were drew or want you know like 
being able to think about it. I wish I would have been like, if you don't twerk, then you get the worst room. Or if, if Kenny was like, I don't want to twerk in front of my toddler. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Like here's like the second best or the second worst (laughs) room or something. But the whole scene, I was just like, oh, just uh, as a, as an event, like planner or someone who loves to plan events, that would just, I, if I were Drew, I'd be like ruined the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I do Enneagram nine. I do understand Kenya's side. Like she just traveled with a baby. So I understand you just want to go to your room, but still the way she did it, like, give me my room key, please. Give me my room key. Give me my room key. That is what is bringing down the vibe. If she would have just like waited with a hoagie (laughs) until the rest did it, that would be fine. Yeah. I thought Drew handled it fine. Kind of like getting her away because the energy was weird. Kenya was even before she got off of the bus, she was kind of sitting there and Cynthia like walked past her and was like, do you need any help? And Kenya was already in like frazzled mode. Like I'm waiting to see where the nanny is, which I mean, I don't begrudge her that stress and and she traveled with her daughter and she's figuring things out, but there's always a way to say something. So if she did not want to uh, booty pop in front of her daughter, a, a very kind of nice, you know, actually, I just want to go up to the room and get her settled. Would you mind if I just like, there's always a way to say something. Yeah. She could have opted out of that in a way that wasn't like stomping her feet or ruining the vibe. Yeah, well, Kenya don't know how to talk to people, so <laughs> I guess we get what we get. It didn't seem it like the other ladies me. were affected, though. It seemed like no one else was paying attention, but like Drew recognizing it. Didn't it kind of feel that way? It was classic Kenya. Yeah, yeah the other yeah. girls were just like sitting there eating their hoagies, like, I'm ready to twerk, I'm ready to go. And I do think there was that loud, yeah. like, tuba or whatever playing. Like, there was music <laughs> playing in their ear, so I think they were just having fun. I don't think Kenya would have done that. <laughs> Kenya wouldn't have done that to like Cynthia or Candy Mm -hmm. as the host of a trip. Like it was very particular to the new girl on the block who happens to be younger. Um, They had had, I guess, some issues before. Like, I feel like Kenya was doing it to someone she can get away with, with it with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And that's maybe a little bit of why she did it too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Kenya, we cut to her decide because she's not given the key she goes and gets her own room and does not like that room and it upgrades her room do you think that she should have told drew i don't think she owed her that at that point no yeah yeah i was confused as to why drew was like i need to know where you are but i also is the nanny staying with kenya in the room (laughs) i don't know i didn't I have no idea. I thought that Drew needed to know where Kenya was just for the other activities that they're doing that she might need to, like, you know, have something delivered to her room, like an itinerary oh. or something. So that's I why I think she wanted refunded she for the room. That's what I would be thinking. I'd be like, okay, I just paid for that room. Like, <laughs> it's not being used. I want a refund. Yeah. I also feel like Kenya should have, if she knew she was taking her daughter and she did, should have figured out, like, what room she wanted. Like, I would not have shown up there with, like, a small child not knowing what room I was going to have, you know? Yeah, true. And you should have taken care of that. That's true. Well, we'll, now we'll never know where her room assignment was supposed to be. (laughs) So, (laughs) afterward, the women meet. They talk about Kenya's attitude thus far. 
And Cynthia says something that I like saying that she's going to have a talk with Kenya if her attitude doesn't improve by the bike ride. Now, who thought that Cynthia was going to have any power at all talking to Kenya about her attitude? I thought that was cute. I know. Cynthia, conflict queen. What's Cynthia going to say? Like what? What are you going to do? Well, I'm super new to Atlanta. So seeing it from like new eyes, like, of course, I thought Kenny was being dramatic or whatever, but she was super fun on the bike ride. And so I think it was Drew said something along the lines of Kenya's attitude affects this group more than the group will recognize. And I hate people like that. It drives me nuts. Take your, like, it's one thing to be in a bad mood or whatever, but we've all been at that party where it's that one person that is making it miserable for everybody. And like, for no damn reason, for no damn reason. And then when they're in a good mood, you get to have fun. I don't like that. And And that's how Kenya is all the time. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, but she was fun on the bike. Well, she, ride. I think she kind of feels she was fun on the bike ride, so she um, avoided that tongue lashing from Cynthia. <laughs> so I think it could be because she's like the top dog. Can you know she's the top dog without without Nini, without Kim, without Phaedra, without uh, Sheree? I mean, Kenya's like it. She's the it. last man standing. And I think yeah, she's, I think she's flexing a little bit because of that. So we pivot over to Latoya, our favorite uh, <laughs> friend. I don't. Can you be a friend of if nobody's your friend? <laughs> An enemy of. We'll say um, not friend of. We'll say uh, Anthony already said enemy a, of. Was that not good enough? A, a, a vagrant? No, because like I don't even. <laughs> no. She's not even an adequate <laughs> enemy. She's she's like a trespasser um, of the show, and she hasn't been drinking the entire time she's been there, and that's like noticed. And then later after the bike ride, the women have a meal together and Drew confronts Latoya about the fact that she's not drinking. In which case, Latoya, I'm sorry, Latoya, Drew confronts Latoya about her not drinking. Latoya is irreverent as ever, does the most middle school thing I've ever seen since middle school, like batting on the table, singing, calling her a bitch, all that stuff. And Drew, Drew won't let this go. So do I'm thinking that a producer is pushing Drew to push this issue because the I know I personally enjoy when Drew and Latoya get into it because Drew smacks that ass. <laughs> so I think that was like the producer pushing Drew to like push the fact that she's not drinking, push the fact she has a drinking problem. Does yeah. she have a drinking problem? Again, like I'm I'm relatively I mean, like I saw the Halloween episode where she was a mess, but I mean, like, I don't know who doesn't have a drinking problem on these shows or like in 2021. <laughs> but yeah, I I so then again, being new and knowing that everybody that I love hates Kenya, I agreed with Ken. I liked her at the bike ride, and then I agreed with her at the table where she was like telling, and I love, I really like Drew a lot, like after watching a couple episodes, but I agreed with Kenya that it was like back off, but now knowing that there's might be some sort of like behind the scenes, because that was that out of Drew's character to do that with Latoya, yeah, because they're not even friends. Oh, they went to church gas. together. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> she was pushing the gas a little too hard on it, um, which made I, me feel like it was pushed. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we don't really know Latoya, like we. Not in like a Mariah Carey, Jennifer Lopez way, but like we don't really know her. So it's hard to say whether or not she has a drinking problem. I would not, if Drew was teeing that off of her behavior at the Halloween party, 
Like, I don't think if someone has a bad night with alcohol, they have a drinking problem. Right. So I don't know if that would be like what that conversation started with. Yeah. The answer is, I don't know. I don't think we've been shown enough to know if Latoya has a drinking problem. I don't think so either. Yeah. She's shitty and she, I don't feel she drinks any more than other ladies. Only thing that I can think of is Drew saying, every time I've seen you, you've been drunk, basically. Yeah, so like, a New Orleans trip is an odd time to start not drinking. Where you can literally walk down the street drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a weird place. But it's also like, you know, kind of weird that Latoya wasn't drinking. So I like Portia. She pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Portia was doing so, lots of good confessional work this episode. Yeah. It was good. Portia's confessionals have been go for like three seasons. Yeah. Drew's uh, confessionals are good too because that's when she said maybe not drinking will stop the puffiness in Latoya's face, which I cackled. Oh <laughs> I choked on water. Oh my! God. I, lo- I also love when she, when Latoya got to be too much, and Drew looked at her like it was like, "Don't do that." And I was like, "Yeah, you, she'll get you." <laughs> she'll say something you. That you ain't ready for. <laughs> and so, because I think Latoya can't handle dealing with Drew in real time. She gets defensive and she leaves. Kenya follows her, tells her she should be careful and not tell her business to certain women in the group, which I don't think is a bad idea. I don't like Latoya, so I don't care, but <laughs> it's not bad advice. I guess it kind of showed that Kenya does kind of care about Latoya still because their relationship has been weird since that immature talk that they had at Fallon's party, yeah. which I'm seeing that Latoya becomes immature at some point during discussions. So we hear it gets thrown around that Drew is a bully. Do we feel like Drew was being a bully or that she is a bully to Latoya? Like, I feel like considering the way Latoya acts, saying that Drew's bullying her is kind of weird as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would even, if someone handed me a bunch of words to pick for <laughs> Drew's behavior, I would be shocked to see bully as an option. Like, I don't think that that nosy, is- maybe. Yeah, like bully's not the word. It's not even close to the word. And it's crazy because the people I would possibly pick that card for are Latoya or Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, not Drew. No. I disagree too. Also, in a loss um, in this episode, we get a lot less of Marlo because she said, and I quote, my nephew jumped on my back. So... I can only assume her nephews beat the shit out of her. <laughs> what goes on in that house? I don't know. They're inquiring about her having sex with Bolo. <laughs> they're jumping <laughs> on her back. I don't know. This is not the anti-main experience that I <laughs> imagined with Marlo Ray. She needs to keep that information in archive. So, <laughs> those nephews run that house. They do. They run that house. Uh so anyway, because of that, we don't see a lot of Marlo in the episode, which, like I said, is our loss. But we hear that Portia suspects Marlo and Kenya's friendship is a conspiracy because it happens at the same time. Bolo Gate. She says she doesn't suspect that she has like she's having drinks with Drew and uh, who was it, Shamia in the room. Uh-huh. So I think that that's true. I I said that from the beginning that I found it very suspicious that Kenya and Marlo are not friends, considering the fact that Nini is now gone. I feel like it was all pretty orchestrated. And as soon as, much like Portia said, as soon as they became friends, Marla started asking questions about Bolo. I think 
there is a conspiracy here. I don't know if it's a conspiracy so much as Marlo didn't not want to be friends with Kenya the whole time. So now that she is allowed to be, much like Kenya's attitude, like how the day is, Kenya also decides who she's friends with. So now that Kenya's allowing Marlo to be her friend, Marlo is kind of like Gretchen Wienersing herself, where like, I'll do whatever you want. This is all I ever wanted. Well, she kind of said when Portia like confronted her in the, uh, like after the dances or whatever, which by the way, like Marlo was my absolute favorite person to watch <laughs> her mouth and her teeth. She was, her teeth were dancing. She was so into <laughs> all of it. I just loved her so much. Uh, but if I understood her correctly, she was saying to Portia, like, you think I'm not worried about this too. I say the same thing to myself. Like, you think I'm not worried that Kenny is going to screw me over. Like I'm worried too. But basically if I'm again, as a new person, I, it looks like Marlo just wants to like be on the show. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm just trying so to make gotta send those here. nephews to college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I don't know that I get the sense. I mean, I definitely get the sense that Kenya understood why this was a good move for her being friends with Marlo again. I don't know that I get the sense that Marlo, um, I don't know if I get the sense that Marlo is doing anything that is, I don't know, under the radar or that she feels like, oh, I can gain something from this. Right. Maybe she's just happy they're not fighting. Yeah, and I think Marlo's, yeah. like, default is just to be messy. So now that she has a friend that, like, what happened with that stripper? Marlo's like, oh, yeah, what happened with that stripper? I don't think yeah. that it's her goal to, like, dig up dirt on Portia. I just think she likes a mess. <laughs> I don't know. It, it rubs me the wrong way. I totally get where Portia's coming from. I feel like she's acting different. Not necessarily in that way because she is messy but i do think she's treating portia differently and i feel like even on camera she seems to be treating her differently hmm. so it is weird because of that at all on the trap or yeah. like anything like that's weird yeah, yeah from what weird. we've seen from them especially lately so i i do think there's something to that but in a in a lighter note candy can't dance <laughs> and that's rough I think we should normalize black people that can't dance. I think <laughs> that should be okay. She looks I think so uncomfortable and embarrassed. <laughs> she was like, that ain't I'm me. not one of them. I'm not one of them, but God bless them. Some black people can't dance. And I think it's really impressive that Candy can do everything that she's done and get where she is without being able to dance or sing. Yeah, to have a whole to have a whole music career and not be able or to sing. dance. <laughs> I or heard sing. it. I ignored it. <laughs> we all know. Tell that to her Grammy. For songwriting. So <laughs> we, we see her having this big butt that she can't shake. And it just seems so sad to me. She's watching all these women who basically just have to like turn their heads and their booties are twerking. And she can't make a go of it. I thought it was a very Charlie Brown moment that I loved for Candy. <laughs> it was uh. interesting because like Portia's body is magic. <laughs> like she just like lifts a leg and everything like is flowing mm-hmm. and things are going in ways that the mind can't comprehend and candy is just well, standing there and like doesn't know what to do and Portia is just like effortlessly like it was move your knees and then the back just goes blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's nothing worse than having someone that can dance try to walk you through how easy dancing is like no so my is. body does not do that 
Yeah. I'm well, getting like flashbacks of me trying to teach Donnie to body roll. We one. knew I everyone knew who I was talking about in this example. You didn't need to specify. But no, well, I cannot it, body it, roll. <laughs> Portia is the bad mamma jamma that we all heard about in the song. <laughs> it would take a black man to sing about Portia's body to do it justice. Uh. <laughs> and back to So yes, that was back to Candy. Some people just can't <laughs> dance and it doesn't matter, like you said, Donnie who is instructing you. And I hope Alistair is listening because there are many times <laughs> that I am super happy he is doing the moves and can't see like us doing them. Cause I, <laughs> I'm not, I can't do them. <laughs> I'm pretending my hands go in the, where, where you're telling me to go, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure I, what he's doing, but I, I can't listen. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, I've ever seen you dance Anthony. So I'm not sure. I don't. Can you dance, Tessa? You know that I can dance. Do you not remember <laughs> I karaoke? A, I love that. <laughs> Do you not remember karaoke? <laughs> yeah. The karaoke that I remember that was not dancing. That was stripping. So, <laughs> what kind of karaoke I, 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 did you all same, do? Same, same. <laughs> it was a very boozy, a very boozy karaoke. It was a good time, but <sighs> God bless, God bless. That's I guess what those we'll private rooms will do to you. <laughs> Golly. We'll leave it there. So, <laughs> so uh from there we get um Marlon and Portia finally have a talk. They discuss what's going on with both of them. Portia airs her complaints and Marlo defends her position and her friendship with Kenya. And I'm not sure how they leave it. Like they I get like I've had conversations before where They've been so heavy that when they're over, like Marlo said, like she was just like, uh, I'm burnt out. Like I can't deal. I don't think they really resolved anything. No, much like Jackie and Teresa, I think this is a situation where these two women want something very different out of this scenario. And Marlo just wants to be a good friend to both or whatever and to be left alone. And Portia will not rest until Marlo is not Kenya's friend. So there isn't really anything to do or say further than what they've done. But Portia even mm. said to her as she was leaving, she said, I don't care if you're friends with Kenya, that's fine. But like, you need to be like a good friend to me too. And then mm -hmm. I feel like it was right after that is when Marlo was like, well, is, is the whole Bolo thing true? And it's like, if I had a good friend or someone who I thought was a good friend or someone who's pro proclaiming their good friendship with me, and I knew that was a sensitive thing or it, that you can see a camera right here and you're going to ask me about that right there, you're, you're telling me all I need to know by asking me that question is how I felt watching it. Well, I mean, that's, we're going to leave Atlanta there. No, wait. Because the best part of Atlanta, again, I, I'm hooked now, right? I've like watched like the last three episodes so I could like prep for this, but like I'm, I'm in, I'm in now. When they did the hand thing where they're like, okay, what and it was like Drew, Portia, and I don't know who else. And they were going to say like, they're going to talk to Kenya. And they're like, all right, on the count of three, one, two, three. And Portia goes, get her. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Cynthia yeah. goes, not get her. And Borja's like, man, get her. Cynthia's <laughs> like, we won't get her unless I have to. I'll get her to if I have to. <laughs> oh my God. That was fun. It was the best. That, that was, was fun. fun. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So that is the end of New Jersey and Atlanta. Tessa does not watch Dallas. She said it's a little too ding, 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 ding <laughs> for her. So, oh, what, 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 what was that? The chicken shit bingo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried one episode. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so that is the end of our time with you. Tessa, before you go, let everyone know where they can follow you and the Walter years and all of everywhere you want to be found. You're amazing. Thank you so much. So we are on Instagram and it's just at the dot Walter dot years because the Walter years is taken by like a drummer. So <laughs> you can find me there. We also have our website, which is just the Walter years.com. And it shows kind of all of our services and everything. And uh, Gettysburg t- picnics is just at Gettysburg dot picnics. So Donnie told me that you guys are going to start doing it where like the guest says like the know that thing or whatever. And then instantly I had a lot of anxiety because I want it to be really, really good. I genuinely want people to know that they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I can personalize their budget for them. Like they can see, they can live, they can be financially independent. Money does not have to be like a, a, a cloud over their head. So know that, but also know that wherever Anthony and Brian are going, Biscuit is going to know that. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is both crazy. are equally as important and both yeah. so so true balance your checkbook and make sure you've invited my dog to your party both are important Actually, you just have to balance your checkbook the dog will be there no matter what <laughs> <laughs> that's true the dog's coming make sure your finances are in order mm-hmm. uh, thanks guys so much for having me this was a lot of fun of i'm course. so excited thank you for okay have a good time talking about Dallas. a sinner is just a saint who just keeps on trying I'm still working on nice. <laughs> and Brandy and Stephanie are still working on locker rooms. So so let's go right into Dallas where we start. Well, other stuff happened before, but we're skipping to Brandy and Stephanie and Stephanie's mother going to look at the locker rooms that Stephanie designed for this high school. Now, I just want to give you some background information. The people that live in this town have lost their homes twice in floods. And she thought high school locker rooms would be a good way to give back. <laughs> it also seems as though she put a, they put a little uh, more oomph into the men's locker rooms. Yeah, I noticed that. I did notice that. <laughs> Sexism. I, you know, I thought this whole locker room thing was ridiculous from the beginning. I get it probably has a place and I I get it probably benefits somebody. I just don't know who. I'm sure. Well, first of all, it was stunning. It really was beautiful, but yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And I'm sure that the, like the school is very appreciative, whatever. And the students will enjoy it. I just don't know that anyone would even think to ask for it. If you went into this town or even not even the town with the floods and the housing, whatever, just go into the school and say like, what do you want us to do for your school? I don't think it would be the top of anyone's list to say, Oh, we need a new locker room. No. They probably say you could fund the arts that we had to get rid of. Yeah. Or like new computers. I'm sure there are plenty of things. A gym locker room would not be. (laughs) Yeah. You can't put those school, you can't put those school computers in rice after that flood. And it wasn't even, at first, I thought it was going to be like main lockers, like in the hallway. Right. And I was mm-hmm. even a little more like, okay. Like to me, that made a little more sense. But this was so specific. It's like, we're going to do the 
offices for the assistant gym. Like it was so specific that I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it either. Is, you know, Texas, I lived in Texas. I've been a big black man in Texas or a black teenage boy. Football is big in Texas. Like it is a religion there. I guess it has something to do with that. Yeah. Lord knows it doesn't seem they value any kind of education down there, but. <laughs> so this is just... like a, a Friday night lights moment. Yeah. But it, like, we don't even know that Stephanie or Travis have like this background and a connection to football. Like if the mother from the blind side was a real housewife and then she was doing this, I could understand. But like for Stephanie, that's not her backstory. She wasn't a cheerleader. She seems like a cheerleader. Brandy was, which is why she went back with her, I guess. But what did the lockers have to do with Stephanie decorating <laughs> an office in a strip mall? Did I lose the thread? I don't think you did. Okay. I think the thread is very loose. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Stephanie. I feel bad for her. Why? She doesn't need you, you to know, feel sorry for her. She just needs you to get out of her way. <laughs> that may be true. I don't know. Like, this uh, is like, you know, she she's a survivor of depression and suicide. And, you know, now she has this insensitive husband. She's grasping at lockers to have some kind of importance. She has that learning disabled kid that I would feel she should be putting time into. I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like her time and her energy could be better spent doing something else. For starters, her kid. I mean, sure, the kid probably has a tutor or something, but I don't know. This whole thing could be just because it's her story for the show, but it also just seems futile. Well, I think Stephanie's time should be better served, not on my TV screen, if this is the level of story I'm going to have to sit through. I agree. I agree. It's not (laughs) even like Dolores-level charity. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. So then... People with real jobs. (laughs) Tiffany tells her mother about going down to four days a week. And everything we've heard about this mother has been almost like mommy dearest level. (laughs) Like, not child abuse, but an unlove. And, or just like un whatever you know like emotional support and all of that growing up move over joy luck club so then in this scene however mama mama what's tiffany no No, son mama son because she was son and then she was moon oh my god you're right yeah yeah Yeah, so (laughs) so the son mother comes and she says (laughs) and she basically shits on everything tiffany's ever told us she said that she doesn't get birthday gifts and she comes with a birthday gift and then tiffany is so scared to tell her mother she went down to four days and the mom is like maybe now you can go down to three (laughs) who is this woman i think everybody's parents mellow out with age and we look at them like who are you like you're not the person who raised me it's funny because I feel like her mother treats her like her mother-in-law. But <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Did Tiffany's mother, you think, like, was she aware that she was on camera? So she, like, did things differently? Mm. Like, this was not, this was not the person we were described, which does not mean that she did not exist. But it's hard to kind of be told stories 
Like if you hear stories about Mama D and then you meet her like we did, you understand that thread. Like <laughs> right. you get that. I I get that. Like she looks like somebody who would call her Miss 1550 on the SATs in a bad way. Like she looks <laughs> very easy to be disappointed. Like what I learned is I'm not, of course, <laughs> shockingly Asian American, but I do know people who have parents who are different from mine who are more parents in that way. Like my best friend, like his mother, when he wouldn't go to, if he was like, let's say he missed school because he was sick or whatever. When I missed school, when I was sick, my mother would say, okay, you're better now. And of course, as a kid, you try to milk a little <laughs> bit more. I'm like, oh no, I'm still kind of sick. And my yeah. mother would be like, you getting your ass out of here. <laughs> and that would just be, that was it. But my friend's mother was more like, well, you know, you've already missed one day. <laughs> and so, like, it's a different way of parenting. And I think that that yeah. is kind of the deal. I could see her not being impressed. Like, my entire academic career, I could see her spitting on that as a child. So oh, yeah. I, I can see a clear line. Yeah, and I being. do think Anthony has a point that maybe she was trying to act differently for the cameras. Because even when she came in and did that, like, elbow greeting... Tiffany seemed shocked. She was like, this is not what you normally do. <laughs> but I do love the daughter trying to, <laughs> to open that card when they said, we can't open it in front of her. She's like, what did Tiffany say? Get What's out wrong of here. With you. <laughs> What's, What's wrong with you? <laughs> Yikes. Oh my God. I know. I love it. And that. that's, <laughs> that's Tiffany's daughter's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah and then yeah because the same scene the daughter is like i have to pee and she's like then go (laughs) she is old enough where she doesn't have to announce it though so i do understand that (laughs) you could just go like you don't need help but of course her perfect husband he went and took care of it yeah what age is that you're saying when one shouldn't announce that they have to use the facilities i would say over the age of three okay Mm -hmm. Noted. Like when you're able to like go to the pot yourself. Oh, okay. Like you should be able. Like they seem old enough to just go. You know that makes sense. So multiply they that by help. twelve for my age, and why do <laughs> I still do it? <laughs> I know. I'm like gonna go no. to the bathroom. Be right back. <laughs> I do think they might be young enough where they might need help afterwards. You know, like yeah. Yeah. once they're on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> Speaking of people that should go into therapy with their parents, let's move on to Deandra and Mama D. And they have a conversation Mm -hmm. about what went down at the party and why Mama D decided to take Brandy's side, why Mama D told everyone about the Simmons last name. And Mama D just stands by what she said at the party completely. I said what I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what she's saying. You know what a curb is? <laughs> Do you know what a curb is? <laughs> I mean, God bless her, because I believe her. Yeah. And I believe her because, like, it's the same thing. Like, what Mama D said about, like, I, I wanted that man who had the last name Simmons because I knew I could get somewhere. So, like, I don't even know that Mama D is saying it's a bad thing. Deandra just feels insecure about it. But I believe that it, I believe that Deandra probably did it. But, like, do you, hon? Yeah. And the two don't have to be 
exclusive. Like you can love this man and want him to whatever be in a part of your life that way and know that his name is going to significantly help you. But be just be honest about it. <laughs> what I was shocked by was Deandra's rationalization that the reason she has a divide between her stepmother and her stepbrother was because she changed her name and not because she had him disinherited it after not having his name and then basically got both inheritances. So right. I thought that was kind of interesting that that was her take on that. Yeah, that probably pissed him off more. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that's probably what it is. Yeah. Hmm. I would that's say so. re- that's why he's not returning the letter that she that she sleuthed off in his <laughs> mailbox. That, that uh, I'm not sure she secured that money with her Simmons lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like the name Callaway better. Yeah, DeAndre D. Callaway. We love to see it. <laughs> I like that. DeAndre G. Fun. Simmons. DeAndre D. Callaway. Well, she doesn't okay. go by her middle name. She won't answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? I, did, she said what it was, right? It's D. DeAndre D. D. Callaway. Yeah. Oh, she said that's, that's some backwoods shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like D E E, right? Yeah. Like Sandra D. DeAndre D. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Like, it's because. It's like the episode of The Simpsons where Homer wants to know what his middle name is. His name is Homer J. Simpson. And he goes through this whole thing and he finds out that his name middle name is J, J-A-Y. <laughs> I would pronounce it. Same thing. I, I, would, I would pick Callaway and I would say my middle name, but the same way you say Deandra, I would say Deandra to Callaway. <laughs> I like that. That's chic. Like I got Dominique the- Devereaux. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Deandra to Callaway, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now I want to know who were those photos of? Were they of DeAndre Calloway or DeAndre Simmons? Because those old glamour shots hanging around the house were incredible. They were so good. They, they were so good. And I was like, are those from her Coke days? Like what version of DeAndre am I yeah, looking at? Is this yeah. the groupie phase? The she one looked like her- she like hosted a QVC segment. <laughs> The one with her and those two dogs was when I knew we found gold here. <laughs> so good. So good. I don't know that we would have Dallas today if we did not cast Deandra and Cameron in season two. I have to say, I think they like really, really gave the show like muscle. <laughs> so good. So good. This is a podcast, everyone, but Quinn is holding up the photo that he took on his phone of the TV screen. I loved it. She looks like the lost Osman. It's great. <laughs> she does. She does. Um, so going from a mother-daughter pairing that we love to see to one that I couldn't care less about, we move to Carrie and her girls. And Carrie's telling them <laughs> that her mother put her in the middle of her parents' divorce, and now she feels like she's doing the same to her kids, and she just wants to apologize. And the only reason I even put this in the outline was to talk about how her daughters couldn't give a shit. (laughs) They were literally looking like off screen the entire time. And that's what I love. I don't often do this, and I'm not saying this to be funny, and it's the first time I've ever done it while we've been doing this podcast and I could count on my hand the amount of times I've done this since I started you skipped it wives in 2009 as soon as I saw that it was just Carrie and her daughters I fast forwarded you skipped it I knew it I knew it (laughs) I and I'm not just saying that I truly did I know it doesn't make 
that doesn't really help a conversation between three people that's supposed to be had, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Listen, in your defense, we normally edit her out ourselves and we just like don't put her on the outline. But because the girls were so disinterested, I did want to talk about that. But really, I didn't have anything else to say about the plot. <laughs> what was the scene? The scene was... De- was um. Now our listeners are like, we watch the show. You really have to like tell them what the scene is. <laughs> it's Carrie saying about how awful her parents' divorce was. Carrie saying that her mother used to put her in the middle of her parents' divorce. So now she, Carrie is saying to her daughters, like, I know I put you in the middle of the fights with myself and your father. And that like, I'm a, I'm a bad mom for it and whatever. And then her like, the daughter that really doesn't like her, she's like, I would do the same thing, mom. That's just what you do in a relationship. And the mom's like, no, that's that's not what I want you to take away from this. Because she said she looked at Deandra and Mama D as a cautionary tale. Oh, I missed that. So Anthony oh. skips ahead. I use it as a bathroom break. <laughs> but I at least knew what kind. I mean, those were her words, exactly. But that's basically what she said. She's mm-hmm. like, after watching that fight they got into, I mean... Yeah, oh, that was a fight. I think Deandra and Mama D are going to look like a fairy tale compared to what uh, the relationship Carrie and her daughters are going to have in 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah. All right. We've spent far too much time speaking about Carrie. <laughs> then we move on to Tiffany's Luau, which everyone agrees is so much better than the previous one. I thought it was gorgeous. I wish I could have went. Yeah. What was interesting was in the episode, she says that her and her husband's own hotels. And then I heard her say, yeah, we basically said, please clear the floor. And then it wasn't until a few minutes later, I put like, I was like, wait a minute. Tiffany had so much power to close an entire floor at a hotel. (laughs) And then I understood that we were at a hotel that Tiffany and her family own. I was the same way. I didn't realize when she was like, there are no rules here. I was like, I understand that your first party was a flop and you want to whatever change (laughs) the narrative. But as a person that is like anal like that, I couldn't imagine just one bad party saying like, my next party has no rules. So then when Deandra showed up at the hotel room, she's like, you ready? I'm like, why are they at a hotel? I I didn't get it. It was confusing. It was, it it seemed like a great Because our cute little husband also owns hotels. What a family. So it's here uh, at this hotel that we find (laughs) out that our friend of Jen is getting a mommy makeover, which the other women believe (laughs) to be a tummy tuck and a breast lift. But no, no, Jen informs them. And I know these words are wrong, but we're just going to, if you remember the right words, please correct me. But I'm going to say they were snip, snip, beef trim. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to take a little off the bee curtain. Yeah. We're trimming my labia, she said. Yeah. and <laughs> She said it fine. It was just so funny because, like, not that she needs to, but they were offering her, like, a little bit of grace. So she's like, I'm having a mommy makeover. And they're like, oh, a tummy tuck. She's like, no, I'm getting this clit lifted. Like, it completely <laughs> went, like. Yeah. Somewhere else. And then we brought the gobblers back into it. Yeah. <laughs> we had to see that. She's like, no, my stuff yeah. looks like an open face ham sandwich. <laughs> I'm getting taken care of. Oh my God. Yeah. So be right back. Gotta go to the butcher to get this. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sorry, I, I can't finish it. I can't finish it. Oh, that okay. woman is too much. Yeah. Uh, you can't leave the camera on her for too long. I also like 
I don't need more of her, and yet I wish I had a little bit more. Yeah, like, because she literally percent of her, and I want seven percent. Yeah, she literally. We don't know what she can deliver because she comes in with these outlandish statements, and then that's it. Even her. She doesn't even seem to talk to anybody. No, even her delivery. There was one. Tiffany was crying a few episodes ago about like, oh, I finally have girlfriends. I don't know how to fit in with girls. And Jen just gave like a great line reading of like, you're doing great, babe. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, I want more Jen. Like, I loved it. Yeah, she needs to get this marriage situated so we can see her next year. (laughs) Maybe she can be the new redhead. (laughs) Please. You, You wonder what story... Like, would we not have to see any Carrie solo scenes? Oh, I would love that. Was full time. Like, I wonder what we're seeing more of that we wouldn't if Jen got in there. Yeah, you're right. I wonder if she messed her shot up though. Like, do you? Do you? I don't know. Do you give her another shot next year? Like Sutton got one, but Sutton had more going. We got more Sutton. She, yeah, she is no Sutton. No, that's right. Sutton is a a revelation. Yeah, she is something else. <laughs> oh, oh god I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so our last thing to talk about at this <laughs> at this luau is deandra and brandy discussing the fight about christianity from the party it's here that deandra calls brandy a cafeteria christian she says <laughs> you can pick the roast beef and the blue jello <laughs> What You're buffet right. is Brandy at? Gross <laughs> <laughs> <Roast> beef curtains. <laughs> She's like, you can take the M&M's and the curry. <laughs> I don't I, think I've ever seen blue jello. Blue jello ever? No, I've seen green, I've seen red, I've seen orange. No, blue raspberry. Yeah, they have it. It's alive. But <laughs> anyway. I, said, I didn't see it. I didn't say it didn't exist. I said, I didn't see it. You've never been to a white person's 4th of July barbecue, have you? Because because there are those jello wigglers that's red jello, blue jello, whipped cream, red jello, blue jello, whipped cream. <laughs> oh, for like the flag. Yeah, my mom makes it. And then blueberries and strawberries cut up on top. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. Oh boy, I I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what um, 4th of July or like summer outdoor event dessert food I like? Ambrosia. <gasps> I love ambrosia as well. I love ambrosia. What is it? Tangerines and cream and marshmallows? Yeah, I think because so. I, I love it. It's so good. You're not familiar, Quinn? No, I, I don't really think there's a dessert that Black people have for 4th of July um, cookouts. I don't know. Yeah. What do you pair with a cookout? Like as a sweet? Anything? Ice cream? I mean, I guess maybe ice cream. Maybe I don't. Ice cream more than anything else. Uh, not like a bunch of jello sculptures. <laughs> and not ambrosia, which is just more gelatin. Um, no. I mean, I could be wrong. Black people that are listening, help me out. But I, <laughs> you know, that's not my experience. You get hot dogs, you get hamburgers and barbecue. Oh, lots of barbecue. I miss ribs. <laughs> Roast beef and um, blue jello. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, ambrosia. Even though I do know there are black people who like ambrosia. I just know. Black right, nobies, just... we need to hear from you. <laughs> right into know it all. Know it all. They didn't want to be called nobies. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll get better at that. <laughs> you better know that. <laughs> so this fight really didn't go anywhere. I 
did like when um, Deandra was saying like, why is what I do, whatever, Satanistic or devilish, not Christian, but when you see ghosts, <laughs> that there's no problem with that. And Brandy's like, I don't have a choice. I just see the ghosts. I don't want to. <laughs> like, okay, bitch. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> our little, our little own Carol Ann here in Dallas. It's like Ghost Whisperer, but she's a redheaded idiot. I have no choice, Deandra. I always see them. It's my curse and my gift. <laughs> they also uh, tell me who's gonna win this game. It's Chicken Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, on that, was note. Like, oh, that was a slimy response, but like. You can't argue with it, but I hated it. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I can't stand religious people like that who like think you can't read the horoscope and all that bullshit. Like, just stop it. Seriously. Yeah. But, but she, they were carrying pendulums. I laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> when she took it out oh, of her purse. You still got that? Yeah. Yeah, I love DeAndra this year. So that's the end of Dallas. What are our final thoughts about anything we talked about? I kind of want a ham sandwich real bad. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Open face ham sandwich. Uh-huh. What's her name? Uh-huh. The redhead. <laughs> no. Snip, I, snip, I beef her, tram. <laughs> I imagine her having to like tuck herself into her pants. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> that just made me <laughs> like one vertebrae at a time. I just came up. Like folding up a washcloth. <laughs> there was a moment on Atlanta when they were on the bus waiting for Marlo and Portia to have their conversation. And Shamia was talking to, I Shamia was talking. Candy. I think it was Candy. No, Candy was on. And Latoya. I forget. I'm sorry. Someone was on the bus who wasn't supposed to. And Shamia turned and said, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) She was talking to Latoya. Okay. Yes. She's like, no one's talking to you. Uh She was talking to Candy. Candy was on one side of her. Latoya was on the other side. I love it. It was quiet. And then wait, did you, did you notice that in the next scene, Shamia wasn't there anymore? Like she had moved? Weird. Mm. It was weird because it wasn't even as mean as I just said it. It was quiet and just kind of cold. Like they even had to like, put the words up because it was so quiet she's like no one's talking to you like whoa oh i love that yeah i was into it i've noticed that (laughs) so i just want to end this by saying astro glide is not the same as astro projection know that (laughs) true (laughs) thank you for listening if you'd like to support the show be sure to visit buymeacoffee.com backslash know that pod you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Know That Pod. You can follow me, Anthony, uh, at Anthony F. Casella on Instagram. And you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, Quinn, at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. Continue to listen and subscribe for free to Know That a Real Housewife podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.